Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Riding Unicorns. It's been a great year for the podcast, thanks to our amazing listeners, and we've had more high-profile guests and more social content than ever before. The podcast is experiencing a lot of growth. We're growing listeners every month, and we're super grateful that you've decided to support us during this journey. This is, of course, just the start of what we have coming your way, so expect big developments from us in 2022. Focusing on the present, we wanted to do justice to what turned out to be a terrific year for us by putting together some of your favorite bits from the past 12 months. In this episode, I'm going to look back and reflect on some of the anecdotes, analysis, and advice that struck a chord with not just myself and Hector, but also our amazing listeners. We released a staggering 41 episodes that spanned almost three seasons in 2021, so picking highlights wasn't easy, but rest assured that every episode and every guest this year was a highlight for us. So we hope you enjoy some of the best bits of the year. Naturally, we start with our first episode of the year. We were honoured to kick off 2021 with Roisin Levine in what turned out to be the 17th episode of season one. It feels like a lifetime away now, and up until earlier this year, Roisin had been the head of banks at Flux. She has since moved on to become head of UK and Europe partnerships at WISE. In the following snippet, Roisin explains her career wasn't a consequence of a perfect plan, but rather sensing an opportunity and taking a chance on a founder and a company's future prospect. I think it's fair to say Rasheen showed great entrepreneurial spirit when choosing to join a startup, and by the looks of where she is now, it's definitely paid off. You jumped on board with three really exciting businesses at the right time. What tips would you give to people who are looking to maybe leave a bigger company and go and find the next big thing? I'd love to pretend like looking back at my CV, it was all really well thought through. And I knew that when I went to recruitment that I'd end up working on site at a client and then I'd end up in FinTech having worked at a comparison with consumer. The, the reality is it, it wasn't quite that thought through, but I think that you have to take your opportunities is one thing that I do know. And maybe coming from a sales position that more than anyone, you get various kind of opportunities in life and you have to grab them. And I think that's important. For anyone looking at the startup world and trying to work out what's good and what's not so good, there are some things to look for. One of those is is always kind of investors. And the second is really the founding team. Beyond that, you have to believe in the product and the mission. And you have to believe that people are going to pay eventually for this or whatever that solution is. But I think for most people joining any startup, you are taking a bit of a leap. And you're basing that very much on kind of what you can see and hear in interview. And then half the time, that's really how does the founder come across and do you think this is a place that you really believe can in five ten years be something huge and yeah that's very much what I saw with Flux and that's why I'm excited to join. Moving on to later in the year we had Harry Franks the co-founder of Zego. It was great having Harry on the podcast and from the response we got it seemed like it was a very popular episode as well. I wanted to include this particular snippet from Harry's episode because he highlights the importance of an entrepreneur being able to sell and not necessarily just in a buy-sell scenario, but also in their ability to sell the vision of the business to stakeholders and potential employees. In what has become a recurrent theme in many of our subsequent episodes, founders tend to acknowledge that companies can only ever be as good as the employees running them, and that a big part of achieving success is being able to articulate your vision. You, you sold to your co-founders to bring them in. You sold to the VC to get the money in and you sold to the insurance companies to, to get them on board. So how important is it for founders to have sales skills? 
I think it's crucial because all you do at the beginning really is sell. And I think, as you say, it's it's all about selling for the big pieces and the big building blocks that build a business. It, it's people, it's partnerships, it's backers, and you've got to be able to sell, but have a very clear vision of, of what it is that you're trying to deliver. All of those other pieces, those kind of operational requirements of setting up a phone system or a CRM or whatever it might be in order to actually kind of facilitate the business you can learn or you can buy in or you can get incredibly smart people to come and help you with but I think it's selling it's cajoling it's persuading but I think it's crucial and if you if you know uh, what it is that you want to happen then you can speak really passionately about it and that's part of the sales process anyway so there'd be very few founders I imagine that couldn't sell their vision to to all the people that get involved with their business. Now, we couldn't do a review of the year without looking back at our conversation with George Robson from Sequoia Capital. George's episode is our second most listened episode of the year. As a partner at Sequoia Capital, one of the world's most revered venture capital firms, he is adept at spotting potential in entrepreneurs. And in this extract, he explains exactly what it is that he looks for in a founder. For those that are looking to launch or develop their tech company, this episode is well worth a listen. The main thing for us is we're looking for companies which are solving generational problems, right? So they have the potential to really change some part of the social fabric of how consumers and businesses live their lives in the long term. And at the early stage, which is where we prefer to partner with teams, it's also very much about the founder at that stage. We make it a point to really seek out people who are independent thinkers that have a deep-rooted need to win. And we're finding these qualities in founders across Europe and, and across stages and obviously across sectors as well. And what I would say is we, we prefer to come and work with a company where we have a prepared mind, where we feel we understand the nuance of their market. We work very hard to do that in the background. But what we find is that actually by really listening to, to the nuance of what these founders are saying and doing our homework and leaning on the expertise we have inside of the partnership and within the broader Sequoia ecosystem, we can really A, get up to speed, but crucially B, support these founders. Our next extract comes from the first episode of season three. We were over the moon when we were able to secure this guest and his success and notoriety in business meant that he was the only person we could open up our new season with, especially when you consider the theme of the season is unicorn founders. I'm of course talking about Alex Chesterman, OBE, founder and CEO at Kazoo. Often we analyze entrepreneurs and try and understand exactly what separates them from the everyday individual. But in this episode, Alex goes on to explain that his real secret sauce is being a customer and understanding exactly what the customer wants and improving their experience through technology. One of the things people have always said to me when I've gone into these spaces is, and I hear it over and over again, and I hear it even more recently in the space that I'm in now, which is, you know, 20 years ago, what the hell do you know about film? How on earth do you think you're going to disrupt that space? And, you know, 15 years ago it was what the hell do you know about property? And three years ago it was what the hell you know about cars and, and the simple answer that, that i always give is that i'm a consumer i i am the customer of this business right i was the customer of blockbuster video store i was the guy looking to figure out what the right thing was to pay for my property that i was going to buy or rent and i am the guy who has historically traveled 50 miles to go look at a car to buy it and decided not to buy it and wasted half a day. And so, you know, consumer businesses 
are, at least for me, they're the easiest to understand, the easiest to add value to, because I am the customer. And so if it's a problem I'm trying to solve for myself, I imagine that it's a problem that um, other people are having too. In the week leading up to Christmas, we interviewed Stephen Mendel, the founder of Bought by Many, the UK's pet wellness and insurtech unicorn. It's a great episode where Stephen talks about hiring, employee retention, NPS scoring, and fundraising. It's an awesome episode. You should definitely go and check it out if you missed it in the Christmas period. You touched on something around employee retention. Well, you talked about retention on a products and customer bases, which is very, very important and very important for younger founders and people starting out to, to think about that. But from an employee retention standpoint, I think that's a really interesting thing to home in on. So what do you think you've done that has helped you to be very good at employee retention? What's the sort of secret sauce there? I, I don't think we have any secret sauce anywhere. I know this is incredibly frustrating when I say that. And I've said this to many people over some period of time. And you did ask me, what do I think is my secret? I don't think I have any secrets either. I think that having been around the block a few times definitely helps. Having made a lot of mistakes in hiring and in M&A and, and in other types of transactions definitely helps. And having a perspective that is not just about next week and next month, but is about next year and the next five years. But specifically to your question, James, about staff, I think the first thing is it's really important to recruit the right people in the first place. because individuals may be excited about joining a job, but if they don't fit, they'll very quickly realize that they don't fit and this is not the place for them. We are a business with a very, very strong set of values. It's a set of values we've had for a very long time and we recruit against them. We incentivize against them. We reward against them. We, we make commercial decisions against them. And that absolutely underlies everything that we do. And, and that has never changed. And I think it's extremely unlikely that it will ever change. And it's very much about what we are and what we're trying to achieve. And that some of that's about engagement with our colleagues. Some of it's about engagement with third parties and new potential new customers, but some of it's about engagement with ourselves. And one of our values is to be tenacious. And that's a reflection that nobody ever changed any industry overnight and certainly not the insurance one. So having the ability to have perspective. And then to dig in deep and stay your ground is really important. And we see that in individuals. We don't make short-term decisions or anything. And we certainly don't make short-term staffing decisions either. Well, that's it for this year. Thanks again for being part of this amazing journey with us. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're merely getting started. So be sure to keep an eye out for further updates. We've also just launched a new newsletter. So check out our social media to subscribe to that. See you in 2022.